This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. Welcome to the Seahawks Podcast on 12th Man Rising and Fan Sided. I'm Lee, and with me, as always, is the star of the show, Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Doing super. How about you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Personally, I'm doing okay. I'm not two and four, but. It, it feels yeah. weird to be a two and four feels strange, right? Because we're, we're experiencing things we don't normally experience, which is Russell Wilson getting hurt and missing a full game and a quarter of another game and the defense kind of stinking just from week six uh, against the Steelers. To me, that just seemed like a, a strange, weird game. If I was a fan of neither team, I'd be thinking, this this is weird. This is a these teams kind of suck. But then I don't know, and I, I'd love to get your take on this. I don't know if Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Geno Smith. I'm not saying that, but I don't know if having Russell Wilson play against the Steelers would have mattered at all. What do you think? Yeah, I I was you know that's funny because I was thinking the same thing. It's like well. Uh, Gino got sacked in that last play. Well, Russell Wilson would have got sacked too. Um, would he have fumbled? I don't know, but I, I don't, I'm, I don't think Gino played bad. I don't know that, you know, and, and you can say, well, the Steelers aren't that good of a team, you know, and while well, the Steelers were missing Juju. Oh yeah. Well, Steelers are missing Juju. Guess what? The Seahawks were missing Russell Wilson and Chris Carson. So, you know, let's do whatever, but yeah, I, I mean, it was, I don't really know that Russell being there would have changed the game that much. You know, maybe you would have thrown a couple moon balls, but I don't, I don't know. I agree. I mean, they were conservative with the offense for sure, more than they would be with Wilson. But against the Steelers, and the Steelers defense is really good. Um, the offense stinks. I mean, they, they stink. I don't know how, if you're a Steelers fan, I know they're thinking Roethlisberger is going to leave after this year and he probably will, but that's a, that's a positive at this part, at this point, he's, he's not good. Um, and they couldn't run the ball and they, they did score enough points to win. And, you know, but I don't think the Steelers offense was that good. I don't, the Seahawks defense looked better. And I think because the Steelers offense was so bad, but you know the the interior of the defensive line played better, played the run better. Um, the cornerbacks and Jamal Adams. Well, I'll get to Adams in a minute. But the cornerbacks looked better, and I think that's because because Pittsburgh can't throw it deep at that point. So um, there are several different specific things that we'll get to in just a second. But overall, I thought the cornerbacks played better, and. The only thing that frustrated me is that they were so conservative in the first half. And then in the second half, if I'm Pete and you're Shane Waldron and we go into halftime and I say, you know what, Shane, we should probably try running the ball. And then they come out in the second half and they pick up eight to 10 yards, a chunk consistently. And you're thinking, well, if they're so conservative, why did they not do this in the first half? They scored 20 points in the second half, 40 points for the game. It was it was astonishing that they figured out at halftime, oh, maybe we should try running the ball. And by that time, it's too late. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you think because you don't have Chris Carson, you're not going to run the ball. Alex Collins is a good running back. I've been telling him this for how many years. And, you know, the thing about Roethlisberger is that offense sucked, and we only hit the guy, what, one time? Once. I mean, no sacks, hit him once, and he still stinks. I mean, that now he he does get rid of the ball quick. I know that, and that's just everybody says. But still, how do – I don't know how he's he's big dude. I don't want to say he's fat, but I mean he's kind of fat and he's <laughs> he's slow, but we couldn't get to him. I mean, and the best defensive player on the team, Daryl Taylor, you know, is the guy that hit him, I think, and and God thank God that dude's all right. That was boy, that was a scary oh moment. Gosh. But um I mean he's that's a tough dude. But yeah, I agree and I I just don't understand how we couldn't get more pressure on that guy. And LJ Collier, why is he's a healthy scratch again? What what are we doing? I mean, what? Why are we healthy scratching this guy? Didn't isn't wasn't he a pretty big deal? I and mean, I don't I don't get it. But yeah, and I do think the quarter cornerbacks played well. I think Trey Brown. I mean, he he had a pretty good showing. Um, I, I, you know, I really I think I think that position is. Seems to be coming into its own a little bit more, um, hopefully. But um, that, yeah, that that was that that position was better. Yeah, you can uh, two things. L.J. Collier, another healthy scratch, and I, I I tweeted out before the game. It's like, oh, L.J. Collier is. Uh, I'm just kind of surprised he was a healthy scratch because against in week can't do math five, um, he actually wasn't that bad. Um, and, and somebody was like, oh no, he got blown up on three long runs. No, he didn't. He only played <laughs> 19% of the snap and he looked quick. Whatever LJ Collier is doing has nothing to do with what he's doing on the field. He has pissed the coaches off somehow. And I, I don't know what it is, but as far as the coaches are concerned, you need to get over yourself because LJ Collier, while not great, was getting a lot more heat on the quarterback in week five than anybody else except for Daryl Taylor. And you mentioned Taylor was play Collier. So if you don't like him, sorry, let him go after the season. But in the limited time he's played this year, at least he's shown like some quickness and ability to get to the quarterback and nobody else. Carlos Dunlap. He's better. He's has more passes defended than he does hits on the quarterback. That's, that's awful. Um, but, and, and Trey Flowers, and I'll get to in just a second, Daryl Taylor got, yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought, why does the world hate us this year? Because he has been by far the Seahawks best pass rusher and probably defensive player consistently. And then he got hurt and, and it looked really bad. And he was the only person that had a quarterback hit and he's so far above the rest of it. He has four sacks. Everybody else on the team who has a sack has one and he's still a rookie. And, but it does look like he's going to be able to, well, according to what Pete Carroll said, um, this week that Taylor, Daryl Taylor, he won't get much action today in practice, but he feels really good. He's got a stiff neck is what came out of it. After all of that, we went through to protect them and all. It's like he slept bad on his neck, which clearly it's not, but, he slipped bad on his neck. 
and he's got a stiff neck. He he really feels like playing. He doesn't have any doubts that he can play. So we'll hope we'll hold out hope that that's the case. Well, if he doesn't play, I don't have any confidence in the Seahawks pass rush, first of all. And then, nope. which is sad for basically a guy who's a rookie. And Trey Brown, I know he's been hurt, but he looked, besides DJ Reed, who looked okay, so much better than anybody else who's played cornerback. And that's sad, right? Because yeah. they yeah. made all these cornerback changes, and yet this rookie, who has limited time, looked like, oh, you know what? I can tackle a guy after he catches the ball and stop him from getting a first down. I can be kind of close and covered. He would have gotten beaten on that one, but whatever. But otherwise, he was. this guy needs to be a starter, as far as I'm concerned, week seven. Yeah, I mean, what do you, who else Who else do you have to start? And you know what I like to see is when he made good plays, everybody came over and was high-fiving him and telling him good play. That I, I like that because that's that's good for a kid like that. You know, because that like we've talked about, that position has not been good. And so who else do you start? I mean, I don't know that you have a start. Sidney Jones, I mean, is he okay? Did he get hurt? I mean, I don't, but who else do you start? You got to start him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, he, and when he came, when he got drafted, the, what people were saying about Trey Brown is the fact that, Oh, you know, he plays with a chip on his shoulder and that's exactly what the Seahawks need because they don't play with chips on their shoulder anymore. And they used to, when it was the Legion of boom, Um, you know, Brown, wasn't that great of a player, but he played with a chip on his shoulder and it kind of bought in, but, Brown looked like he was offended on that tackle alone. It looks like this guy caught the ball. I'm going to stop this guy. And he made a perfect tackle. Might as well throw Trey Brown out there because nobody else is going to do it. Sidney Jones hasn't looked that good either. DJ Reed looks okay, but he's not a number one corner. He's a number two corner. You need a number one corner. I don't know if Trey Brown's that, but it's better than what you got, like you said, right? Yeah, I know there's another guy that wore number 25 for the Seahawks that played with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he still has a chip on his shoulder. Travis Homer. No, I'm just kidding. That's right. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I still don't understand why we didn't sign that guy, but I mean, maybe they, I don't know. It's just saving their money for 2027. Yeah, because they got no draft picks until then, right? Yeah, exactly. Gee whiz. So Jamal Adams, he's blind, right? Like he's absolutely blind. He, he Speaking has of a those feel draft for the picks. game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he should have had two picks in that game. The one, okay. So it got, I, I think it was Daryl Taylor, right? It got hit, and but it fell right in slowly, right into Jamal Adams's hands at about the ten yard line of the Steelers. And the other one hits him right in the face. And we it's not the first time we've seen a pass hit him right in the face. What's he looking at? You know, there's a term that that they use for a few people called ball hawk. He is not that. I mean, you know, some of these guys that just they're a ball hawk. They go off the ball. He still looks twisted around. I mean, he looked a little like they cut him loose a little bit more this week and let him do a little bit more of his thing. But yeah, he just, I don't, he, he just looks like he doesn't know where he is and he doesn't know where the ball is, which is in that position, you got to know where the ball is. And, you know, at this point, Diggs is the better safety, in my opinion. Um, 
but he is definitely not earning his money at all. I mean, I, I predicted him to have – I thought he would have a sack every game. I really did. Based on what he did last year um, and, you know, hey, dude, you, you didn't hold out. You know, you, you kind of – you pitched a little bit about getting the money, but you didn't – you know, you played it right. You didn't bridge too much of a stink. You got your money. Now let's get out there and play ball. Uh, is it Ken Norton's fault? I don't think so. I mean, I think Jamal Adams needs to get out there and step it up. And, you know, and another thing, too, is they, they still really don't have any leadership on that defense. Who is the leader of the defense? Bobby Wagner? I don't know that he is. I don't, I don't, I mean, he probably, he probably is, but there needs to be some leadership on the field so they can make adjustments during the game on the field and not rely on the coaches. It just, it's so frustrating to just see things that, I mean, from the casual fan, it just, it just seemed to be simple to do, but they don't get done. I don't know. But I mean, and they weren't, they weren't horrible this week. I don't want to get, you know, too on it. I think they played pretty big. Like you said, they did improve, but it's just, I guess, you know, we're spoiled, just used to seeing a, a better defense than, than what we're seeing this year and what we saw last year. Cause that's what we were sold, right? As good as far True. as this pass rush is going to be better. And it's not. And Jamal Adams has zero quarterback hits. No, no sacks, obviously. It's just kind of shocking through week six. Um, I, I mean, I guess the, the, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Adams is a great athlete and, and I don't think he, he, it's weird because I don't think he looks at the ball at all. I think he, he's like an, a quarterback who focuses on one player. He focuses on the player. And I don't know if he ever sees the ball, kind of like what you were saying. Because if you do, he should have had two picks. If 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 that's Cam Chancellor or Earl Thomas, oh, he has two picks in that yeah. game. And and he has the athletic ability if he intercepts a pass to do something. But those picks change the game. Kind of like, well, a, f- a few things could have changed the outcome of that game. And one is minor probably. But what the hell was Cody Barton doing on that on that punt? It's like, just touch the ball. Just touch the ball. Why? Why are you picking it up and then you shouldn't even have gone into the end zone? Just stop the ball. That was so frustrating. It's like, dude hits the ball out. Do you guys not practice that play? It's like he hits the ball out. You sit on it. I mean, that's the reason why you do that. You don't even. Oh my god. It looks like I, it was I, intentional. I, it looked like he intentionally picked it up. It was weird. Yeah. And what I did was I saw that I saw who, who was it that batted it out. I saw him bat it out and I thought, awesome, we got it. I turned my head and next thing you know, I turned back and the dude's giving the, the touchbacks. So I'm like, wait, what happened? I thought there's no way. And I saw, then I watched the replay. I'm like, are you kidding me? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, he could have just stopped. It made no sense. It was so weird. And there's been some weird things with this season. I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like they're trying to throw the season. Cause why would they, as you pointed out, they don't have a first round pick cause they gave that up to the jets and the jets are extremely happy, right? They got to be happy at this point with what they're getting back, but Ooh. it's just, it's just, it's just a weird season. John Clayton mentioned it on, on his Saturday morning show on seven ten, but he was just like, you know, some seasons are just off and the Seahawks at this point aren't making the playoffs. I mean, 
they're six games in and four games back of the first place team in the NFC West, which seems ridiculous, but that's the case. That's not the team I expected it to be. (laughs) No, I, yeah. I mean, the Cardinals look really good. I mean, offensively and defensively. But, you know, they got the Saints coming up this week. The Saints defense is is ridiculous as far as statistically speaking. It's got they've got a kind of a funky defense because and Pete Carroll will probably love this because you know he's like, oh, you know, we may not be getting that many sacks, but whatever. But the Saints are actually second to last in sacks in the in the NFL. They have eight. But as far as a quarterback rating against, they're second. At 71.3, which means their cornerbacks and safeties must be playing playing their ass off. And then a rushing defense, their first, 3.3 yards allowed per rush. And and I would give total yards, but they've only played five games. Those are just raw stats as far as averages. It's not like, you know, total yards. I, I didn't even bring that up because they'd be first there, but they've only played five games. It also seems a little unfair, I guess, that they – have a Monday night game. They basically had two weeks off, which is weird, before their Monday night game. And they're getting healthier players back, like Marcus Davenport and stuff. But based on what you saw in week six, with the conservancy of this uh, offense, and Geno Smith wasn't bad, but he also didn't have a lot of opportunity to do anything. He did fumble in overtime, but he also got, it, the ball got knocked out by a great player, TJ Watt. And he, they, that player, Smith was at least trying to do something. You know, it wasn't like he was standing. It wasn't like Big Ben's fumble where he's like, ah, oh, kind of, uh, how am I angry about this pass? That clearly was not meant to be a pass. And I was just too stupid to let go of the ball after I'd done my follow through. He got it knocked out when he was trying to do stuff. Stuff happens. I don't blame Smith for the loss or anything like that. But he didn't have much to do with, uh, much to work with. I can't see the Seahawks offense. They're going to come out and try to run the ball with, with Alex Collins, who looks like he might be able to practice. Just think, imagine if Collins is out, right? You got Travis Homer and DJ Dallas, who didn't look bad. Is this offense going to score any points on Monday night football? I don't know, man. It that That is a tough defense. And it, you know, you mentioned they're second to last in sacks. Are we last in sacks or, I mean, we got to be like, Probably first. Um, got the Seahawks are, they have 11, so they're tied for three, fifth, sixth worst in the league. They have 11 sacks, which seems ridiculous because. I don't remember 11 sacks. Well, <laughs> 10 of them are Daryl Taylor. Yeah, then, right. <laughs> but yeah, they have, they have 11 sacks and four of them, four of them. So more than a third of them are from Daryl Taylor. And then they've got a sack from Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, who are neither of those guys are defensive linemen. Four from Taylor, one from Machine Green, who I thought was going to be good and hasn't been good this year. Al Woods, seriously, has one. Alton Robinson has one. Mayoa has one. That's it. So Daryl Taylor and the rest. Carlos Dunlap has zero. Huh. Yeah, in fact, Dunlap has, he not only has zero sacks, he has two quarterback hits. 
Um, no, I, and I get that. I mean, he's been double teamed on a few plays, but dude, you got to get around that stuff. I mean, you're better than that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have much hope for this for the rest of the season, to be honest with you. And, you know, you, you mentioned two and four. You know, normally on a normal year, we'd be really disappointed in that, but it's like, eh, okay, I mean, what are you going to do? Or <laughs> two and four, but eh, can you yeah. expect much more than that at this point? <laughs> I, I expect that my fear is I'm, you know, I'm I'm not okay with ever the Seahawks losing a game because I'm a Seahawks fan and I want them to win every game. If But if they fall to the Saints on Monday, it is what it is. They're without Russell Wilson. The Saints are a decent team, especially defensively. So if they're two and five, but my my fear is that they're going to lose the Jaguars. I really have that fear. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. And I tell you what, Jameis Winston. I'm I'm not a real huge Jameis Winston fan. I like him all right, but I did. I thought he was going to suck this year. But hey, maybe they I guess they saw something uh, that that I didn't see because he doesn't really suck all that much. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. defenses defenses win championships and their defense is better than their offense. But um, yeah, I, I don't see us. I don't know that we're going to win Monday night. Um, who knows what the publicity is going to be like? Cause they're going to be all these interviews, you know, it's Monday night. So they got to do all the interview, everybody so they can show it on Monday night. You know, what are they going to, it's, I don't know. I, I think it's a setup for a loss. And, um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, is you think Wilson's going to come back early? I can't come back until after the bye week. Cause he has to, since he's on IR, he has to miss three games. Same as Chris Carson. And and Collins, if he plays, I mean Collins, Collins did as well as Carson would have done. Yeah, and I'm not he was worried good. about Collins. I think, I mean, the Saints have a good running defense, but I mean Collins, I think Collins is a good running back, as you know. I'm a huge fan of the guy, but I, I don't. I think he did well. Um, he's also the thing I like about him too is he's he's a good pass receiver. He's a good running back receiver out of the backfield, and you know I think he's better than Carson at that. Carson's a better running back, but as far as um, catching balls out of the backfield, I think Collins is better at that. But uh, DJ, I like DJ Dallas too. I mean, he's an athlete. He he, he busts he busts his ass. I mean, he's he's an underdog. You know what I mean? So he's out there. He's out there doing well. I thought that one interesting aspect of the running game in the second half for the Seahawks um, against the Steelers was. They went over the right side, which is Gabe Jackson and, and Brandon Shell a lot more than they did the left side. I know Damian Lewis got hurt, but even before he got hurt, they were running I and mean, they were opening some massive holes on that side. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if they, you try to force through, because that's that's my fear is that they're going to come out and I'll be like, oh, you know what? In the second half against the Steelers. We were able to run the ball. We're going to run the ball a bunch. And then they end up getting stuffed for a bunch of three and outs. And the same thing happens. That happens every week. And the opposing team has the ball for 80 minutes and we have it for two. And then that tires the defense out. Um, Daryl Taylor, just while we're talking about it, is tied in team lead with force fumbles at one. Uh, he has four sacks. Everybody else has one. Quarterback hits, he has six. The next closest guy is four, and everybody else has three. 
he's tied for the lead team, uh, the lead in, uh, on the team and tackles for loss with three. It's like, I like Daryl Taylor. We, we both saw him in college and we thought, Oh, you know what? This guy could be a good fit. I didn't think by the, his first real season in the NFL that he would need to be the Seahawks best defensive player, which is basically what he is. I didn't see that coming, nor did I think <laughs> when I saw Daryl Taylor hurt thinking in week six of his first season thinking, well, this season's even worse because nobody else is stepping up. It's ridiculous. Exactly. I, I and you, did, you didn't think that he would need to be the guy or he would be the guy when you look on paper at all the other names that are on that defensive line and then are on that defense, you would, well, yeah, Taylor will be a good asset. He'll be, you know, he'll be a good help. He's not going to be an every down guy, but with all these other guys on there, he doesn't need to be. And here we are. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. LJ Collier has played two games, very few snaps and is still fourth on the team in quarterback hits. I mean, (laughs) Why are we not playing him? I, I don't know. That's that's the thing. He must just be uh, just I don't know what's going on off the field. They There has to be something going on that we aren't aware of. And and he's a first round draft pick. I'm assuming this will be his last year in Seattle, because why would you keep the guy around? It's just such a weird season. Alton Robinson has one quarterback hit, one sack. And I thought, well, he'll he'll get more playing time. I I literally have no idea what's happening with this defense. They came out in seven defensive backs, which was fine against the Steelers. Maybe that worked. It's not like the Steelers were putting up tons of points. They led fourteen to nothing at halftime. A lot of it, some of it, was due to that horrible Dixon punt, which put them in great field position. I just don't know. This team seems lost. I'm not even sure what the identity of this team is supposed to be. I don't think they do either. And, like, and I go back again to no leadership on the field. I mean, I, you know, I, I was, and I, this is, I was texting with some buddies this week. And I was like, you know, it, it, the prob, there's probably a pretty good chance Wilson leaves after this, after this season. You know, if, if he does, he does. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you know, because then the fear is, oh, my God, he's going to go somewhere else and they're going to win. I don't think that's going to happen with Russ. Because I don't, he's not like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning, where he is going to take control of the team and just and whip a team into shape and be the leader of the whole team. I just don't, I don't think Russell Wilson is that is that kind of guy. I mean, he's a good captain, he's a good leader on the offense, but I don't think he's a guy that that can just go to a team and say, "Hey, we're going to win a championship now," but that I'm here and and. You know, we're going to whip things around. I just don't think he's that guy. I really don't. I, I agree. I think if if he does go to another team, they need to have a great offensive line or he's going to revert back to the same thing he always does, which is holding on to the ball too long and taking sacks or um, panicking at times of need and throwing it downfield in hopes that DK or Tyler Lockett are going to catch the ball. I love Russell Wilson. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the Seahawks franchise history, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's not perfect. And and we talked about last week, you know, it's like, I know his height was an issue when he came into the, but maybe his his lessening athletic ability is hurting him because we've seen him like against the Rams. He hit Aaron, Aaron Donald right in the helmet. He's mm-hmm. He's doing things he didn't used to do, and that, that doesn't help him. He needs yeah, to go he's to lost. Great offensive line. 
He lost a half a step last year. I mean, he's like, you know, that spin move. I guess he did it against the Rams once, but that thing was a regular, you know, that whipping around deal was just, a, and he doesn't do that anymore. He, he tucks, he just ducks and covers a lot more. And um, like he said, he throws the ball down the field. He, he, he has a difficult time hitting that short pass. I think Gino, Will, Gino, Gino Wilson, Gino's better at, um, over the middle i think he's more accurate on that and but yeah it is what it is yeah they i expected a little bit more out of the offense this past week because i thought based on fourth quarter he would and he did hit gerald everett why don't you why didn't they, they don't throw to that guy more than they do i have no idea the guy's like athletic freak throw to him 10 times a game why not mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to only help Lockett and Metcalf and everybody's keying on those guys. I'm surprised Metcalf did what he did against the Steelers. Uh, only to his ability did he do that. Lockett couldn't do much. Exactly. Know. Everybody know. Everybody knows where you're going. You're going to go to Lockett and Metcalf because you don't. Yeah, you got to distract. It's like we run to open up the pass. Well, let's throw underneath the tight end to open up the long pass and you know, open up the receivers. Give him something else to key on. If it's just, you know, it's just basic football. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and actually, they brought it up on the on the telecast on the on the game on Sunday, which is we're not really seeing the Rams' offense, which is what Shane Waldron had. We're seeing a hybrid based on what the Seahawks want to do and Russell Wilson can do, and then that, and so far, it's not working. Nope. Anyway. Hopefully that'll change. And two, three, and five. A win against the Saints would make them three and four, possibly four and four if they can beat the Jaguars, who aren't good. And then Russell Wilson's back, and we're talking about a completely different season. Worst case scenario is they go two and six, and the season is like, like you just said, we're thinking who should the Seahawks draft in the first round because they've traded Russell Wilson. So, no. yeah. hopefully we can get a couple first round picks for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We got it. Uh, Russell Wilson is worth a uh, Jamal Adams. Um. So anyway, which is sad, but that's what it would be. Do you have a prediction for Monday night? I think it's going to be another one like, you know, another score similar to the one we just saw, but it'll be, it'll be the Saints winning and the Seahawks losing. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a uh, 28-21 Saints. Yeah, I think I'll go. I think I'll go 24-10 Saints just because the defense for the Saints is really good and the Seahawks, I don't think they'll be able to do much with no Russell and no Carson and no imagination. So that's the worst. <laughs> that's the the, the third part is the worst. But anyway, that's our show. And as always, Kevin has the final two words. Go Hawks.